I bet that you take your own ability to surf the web for granted. It's not as easy for everyone. In fact, doing something as simple as filling out an online application or shopping for that new gear can be a huge challenge to someone with certain disabilities. When the websites we use aren't designed with accessibility in mind, it creates hurdles for so many individuals. Web accessibility basically means that we design and build websites so that everyone can access and navigate them, no matter what their abilities are. Not only is providing an accessible website to your customers just the right thing to do, but it's also required by law in many countries. So why aren't all websites accessible if it's required by law? Well, the short answer is that building a website to be accessible can require a bit more time, a somewhat unique skill set, and can require a bit of an investment. But the best way to do web accessibility right is to prioritize it from the beginning. In today's episode, we're going to chat about not only why web accessibility matters, but how you can set yourself up for success from the word go. You're listening to the Captain Coder Podcast. Each week, I take you through actionable strategies that can help you grow your online business. I'm your host, Marisa Vanskyver, aka Captain Coder. Have you ever really given it much thought to how someone else uses your website? What if they have a visual or hearing impairment or epilepsy or arthritis? All of these can change how someone interacts with the internet, and it can make it harder for them to get the same information out of your website. Ensuring that everyone, no matter their personal abilities, can use your website, that's called web accessibility. Now, the reality is that 25% of adults in the U.S., have some sort of disability. Those same people control nearly $500 billion worth of disposable income. By cutting them out of your website, you're not only excluding 25% of the U.S. population alone, but you're potentially excluding your dream client. Now, do you want to know the reason that gets most people's attention when I talk about web accessibility? Protecting your business from lawsuits and legal issue. In the United States and many other countries, your business can be sued for not being accessible online. Now, this has happened to a lot of small business owners. Not so much yet, but it does happen. And ADA lawsuits for web accessibility can be filed from any location in the U.S. against a business that exists anywhere in the U.S., That means someone in Florida can sue your business in Colorado for ADA violations. You don't have to just be a local business and think that you're not going to be caught out. Now, here's a really cool side effect, shall we say, about making sure your website's accessible. It improves your SEO. Look, Google cares about their user, and because they care about their user, they care about accessibility. But two, Google also browses the internet, much like somebody who uses a screen reader browses the internet. They can't visually see the images that you're sharing online, but they can read the alt tags, the file names, and all of those things that you're doing to tell someone who can't visually see what that image contains. If you want to improve your search engine optimization, then when you follow web accessibility's best practices, you're actually going to get a bonus and be able to improve the SEO of your website. 
Okay, so if you're listening now, it's likely that you already have a website and you've been marketing for a while. Totally fine. With web accessibility, it's never too late to improve and do better. And in fact, most of us are in that situation where we can improve and do better all of the time. I mean, think about it. I've been working in web accessibility for 10 years now, and I'm still learning new things every single day. But this next part of today's episode is for those of you who especially are thinking about redoing your website soon, want to create a new digital product, or even potentially are thinking about launching a digital course. Web accessibility should be at the top of your mind from the beginning. Let me give you just a few examples. Now, a few weeks ago, I was guest lecturing for a friend's digital marketing class about web accessibility. During that class, we had discussed the metaverse and the (laughs) accessible limitations within Facebook's I'm sorry, Meta's big money pit. One of the students asked me what I would tell business owners or big companies like Meta to do differently when it comes to accessibility. The short answer, start with it in mind. Let's look at the reality of this. Meta has poured a reported billions, billions of dollars into building out their Metaverse project and trying to get the general population to adopt it by buying a $300 Oculus device. Now the problem, it's not currently built to be very accessible to those who may have hearing or visual impairments. You quite literally can't interact with it. If you have hearing impairments, you can log in and see everything, uh, but there's no live captioning. There's no way to interact with what's going on. When Meta wants to go back and allow that huge portion of the U.S. population to actually be able to jump into the metaverse, they're going to have to spend billions more dollars to retrofit their technology to be inclusive. How much would they have just saved if they had just started with that thought in mind from the beginning? Okay, so I get that maybe hearing Meta has to funnel in tons of money that you don't have anyway doesn't really hit home. But let's talk about another smaller business I've worked with. Their website had been live for several years. Um, They had an alert that they weren't following web accessibility standards and could be at risk for targeted litigation. Now, after paying thousands of dollars to have their website built from the beginning, they now have to pay a couple more for us to fix it and make it more accessible. And now if I was the business owner, I would be frustrated that it wasn't done right from the beginning. Uh, But one big problem with this, they didn't wanna make any design changes to the website, but there were design elements that weren't accessible to begin with. So we couldn't even get everything taken care of without making significant changes to the overall design and color scheme something they didn't want to do. So while we improved it, we still couldn't get there because it hadn't been thought of the right way from the beginning. So you might be asking yourself, how do you do this the right way and not waste a bunch of time, money, and create a headache for yourself and possibly get yourself into trouble and in a lawsuit? Uh, You start thinking about how accessible your website is going to be from the very beginning. Like from the design stage, even from the copy stage, you're thinking about accessibility with your website. 
When you plan your web design around web accessibility, you're going to save yourself so much frustration. When you ensure that everyone can use your website as you're building your website or having an expert code it for you, you know, you know, like, like yours truly, you're going to save yourself a ton of money and protect your business. Now, you're probably wondering how you can make your current website accessible. Now, if you already have a website and you do want to improve your accessibility because, you know, you should want to, or if you're thinking about upgrading your website soon, there are a few key things that go into making your website more accessible. Now, sure, there are certain things that the individual coding your website should be doing, and there are certain ways with how I code a website that make it more accessible. But all of the things I'm going to go through are things that you can do to improve your website accessibility on your own and probably do it without touching any code at all. So the first one is alt tags. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or following my blog at all, you, you hear me talk about alt tags all of the time. And that's because it's one of the easiest ways to have a significant impact on your website accessibility. In short, you're basically just providing a description of what's in each image you upload to the internet with this alt tag. It's called an alternative text tag. Now, this information can be entered into designated spaces on platforms such as WordPress, Squarespace, Wix. They all have the place to add an alternative text tag. Now, what should you write in these tags, in these little boxes? So, for example, if you upload a picture of yourself, the alt tag should be something as simple as Jane Smith sitting in front of a brick wall with her hand under her chin. The purpose of the alt tag is to provide sufficient information for those using screen readers to understand the context of the graphics on your website. So if you have something that has any kind of text in the graphic, which is also kind of a no-no, then you want to put what that text is in the alternative text tag. Without this alt tag, then the file name gets read. And... (laughs) Um, let's just be honest, most people upload terrible file names to their websites. And so you get something jumbled like 01325set.jpg. That doesn't tell us anything either. So as a backup, you should make sure you're using image file names with descriptive words that have dashes between the words. That basically means jane-smith.jpg. That's way better than anything else you could possibly upload, right? Now, this allows a screen reader and Google to read the individual words in the file name and return a better result to the person surfing your website with a screen reader. Now, one of the other low-hanging fruits when it comes to accessibility on websites and on social media are video captions and audio transcripts. Now, using captions on your videos for any kind of narration will just make sure that everybody can access that information in that video. Think about how many people are watching video with the sound off. It's not just about those who have hearing impairments, but it is for the people who have hearing impairments. Now, social media took a while to catch up to this, but you're finally able to add captions on almost any social media platform. If you're uploading videos to, say, Vimeo or YouTube, you're able to utilize captions there, too. And if you're embedding any of those videos back onto your website, you need to make sure they all have captions. 
Now you might be wondering, okay, how, how do I create captions? Now, the great thing is, is you can use tools to make this accurate and inexpensive by using something like rev.com. That's linked in today's show notes. Now, I personally use their automated transcription service and it goes through, it automatically creates the captions. I can edit it for accuracy and then I download a file that I can just upload to YouTube or Vimeo or whatever. Now, if you have just audio on your website, like I do my podcast, you just want to make sure that you are offering some kind of transcription option. Um, This allows you to reach those who can't interact with your podcast or something else like that in the traditional sense, but they can still get the value from it. Now, if you go to today's episode at cappedcoder.com forward slash 39, you're going to see that I have basically a blog post that goes along with this podcast. Everything that I talk about in the podcast is available in that blog post. It's not a word for word transcription, but it makes it easy for people to access and get the value. Now, the next thing that we want to talk about, um, this one's a little hard to explain visually (laughs) or via podcast, um, but it's probably one of the things you have to think about most ahead of doing and designing anything. It's color contrast. What the font color is on top of a background color matters a lot to someone who has low vision or color blindness. So think of black text on a white background. Now, while you're designing, you can think that a certain color on this other color is going to look really nice. Uh, White text on blue is one that my clients try to do a lot. Uh, you want to run that through an accessibility tool first. I use WebAIM's Contrast Checker, which is linked in today's show notes. The one color combination that we want initially always seems to come back as a fail. What does that mean? It means your font color and the background color do not have a high enough contrast so that everybody can read it. Do you really want to prevent people from being able to read your copy on your website? (laughs) I don't think so. So instead, you use WebAIM's tool before you start designing anything. Before you ever go into Canva and create a graphic for social media, check the hex codes of the font color you plan to use on the background color you plan to use and make sure it's legible. What's happening for a lot of people that I see, especially on social media, but on their websites as well, is you're uploading what you think are these really great graphics, uh, but nobody can actually read them. That's problematic. I even have a hard time reading some of them and I do not have color blindness. So just something to keep in mind, just astigmatic. <laughs> All right. Now, one newer thing that we're learning is that certain animations can actually trigger issues for those with epilepsy. Say that word five times. I'm really sorry. So we want to avoid flashing animations. Now, while you don't have to avoid all animations, although frankly, I, um, I'm against them for a lot of different reasons, make sure that you're using ones on your website that make sense for the context of the animation, they're smooth, and they don't last longer than three seconds. Now, this might look like avoiding something that just flashes across the screen really rapidly or flashes multiple times, um, avoiding any kind of scroll bars. Um, So if you have images that scroll across the bottom of your screen, you need to at least give somebody the option to slow them down or even pause them 
or you're using animations that come in really gently. That's not really like boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean. You'll see it. You'll see it now. Uh, there are a lot of animation options with website builders out there, which is one reason I bring this up. Um, just because it's an option doesn't mean you should use them. So keep that in mind. If you're DIYing your website, you want to make sure that you Go for animations that are going to bring people to your content, but are not going to flash and cause anybody who has epilepsy or other kind of issues problems. Now, this one's a little bit off your website, but it's a mistake that I see a lot of people make with their websites. Okay, that is make your PDFs text searchable. PDFs are kind of not accessible like at all. (laughs) from the beginning, they are kind of terrible for accessibility because it doesn't break down the text like it does on a website. And it can be really hard for somebody who is using a screen reader to access that. So think about it this way. You want to have a simple lead capture. So you created a PDF guide. Uh, But if you don't take a few extra steps to make that PDF accessible, you're giving someone a document they may not actually be able to use. Now, how do you make a PDF accessible? Well, you do this by adding alt tags to images, which is available to you. You can add jump links. So if you have any kind of a table of contents or you mention things just like a website, you want to add links within the document and tags, as well as formatting, formatting the document to be text searchable. Now, here's the thing. What you get out of Canva when you go and you create a PDF in Canva and download, that is not going to be accessible. You need to have potentially another tool like just Adobe Acrobat, which has accessibility tools to enable you to do this quickly and easily. I've done a lot of research into making PDFs accessible. Adobe Acrobat's own tools are the best. I understand if you do not have the Adobe suite, this can feel like a lot, but really it's worth the $50 a month to just have access to the entire Adobe suite. Anyway, maybe I'm just old school, but you need to make sure that when you're doing a little bit extra work with anything that you're taking out of Canva specifically to make sure that it's accessible. Now, one last accessibility tip, and it's actually going to make your life easier as you continue to create content, be consistent and keep things simple, especially on a website. When you're keeping things simple, easy to understand, and consistent, nobody has to relearn how to interact with your website as they go. If a website is inconsistent, meaning like button colors change or um, links move around or the header navigation even moves around, you're going to confuse people and they're going to get lost. You have to remember that not everybody has the same abilities. Whether they're dyslexic and it takes them longer to read something, they have a visual impairment and they're using a screen reader, if they have to tab through things on a keyboard, or they're just not as tech savvy, you need a design with them in mind. Every time that you're designing a new page on your website, it needs to stay consistent with every other page on your website. I'm not saying your copy should, you copy the design exactly, you know, page per page that not like that, but the layout should be similar and the buttons and the links should be the same to make it really simple for people to move through your website and keep it accessible. 
Now, I do have one bonus tip for you, mostly because this is a major pet peeve of mine, uh, but you want to avoid social media fonts. So you know those fonts that give you a nice cursive look or a different style to what Instagram offers? You know, they, they look like they stand out and people like them because they think they're more visually appealing. Uh, those are called specialty fonts. Here's the dirty accessibility secret about them. They are not read like regular text. They get registered as emojis, and those emojis are not even consistent across all of all devices. This means that not everyone will see the same thing that you do, and using them can even make your content inaccessible to somebody who's using a screen reader. So stick to regular fonts to ensure everyone can access your content. Good rule of thumb is if the app doesn't let you change something within the app, and you have to go to a third-party website and it's a hack, it, you probably shouldn't do it. Just just saying. Now look, I can understand, we've been talking about accessibility for 20 minutes. I can understand that there are so many things that go into accessibility that it can feel really overwhelming. I totally get it. The key here is you want to focus on being as inclusive as possible with the content you're putting out into the world, including your website. Now, just for some perspective, only 0.02% of websites on the internet are fully accessible. That doesn't mean you can't make some strides to improve your own and offer a better experience than many of your competitors. If you want to learn more about web accessibility and how your website stacks up, you can throw your link into WebAIM's WAVE tool linked in today's show notes. Now, this free tool allows you to check each page of your website and make suggestions about what you can change and even kind of tells you how you can change it. Now, if you don't want to do that yourself or you get back a lot of errors and you're really overwhelmed by that report, my team and I can help. Not only will we test your website and give you the action plan, but we perform the remediation to make your website more accessible with our website audit. And you can find that linked in today's show notes as well. Listen, it's just time to invest in a good web experience for everyone. Thank you all for tuning in to our show this week. To catch more Captain Coder, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, if you have any questions or you want to learn more about digital marketing and how it can help grow your online business, follow us on Instagram at Captain Coder or visit us online at captcoder.com. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week.